I need to get this off my chest because this has been pissing me off the entire playoffs. Leaf fans, you are in no position to be throwing stones right now. Your team had their chance and they blew it yet again. True Toronto fashion. Let me ask you a question. Had Toronto lost to Edmonton or Winnipeg in the first round, would y'all still be this salty over a month later? Or is it because you lost to your arch rival that you're still pressed over it? Jets and Knights fans are over it. Yet here you guys are almost... You're, uh, yeah, here you guys are almost every single damn day with the, some narrative for why Montreal's in the finals. Wow, this is, has a lot of grammar mistakes. You got lucky. Have you seen Tampa's luck? Toronto didn't have Tavares. You won three without him. The president's trophy is better than the Stanley Cup. I don't know what y'all smoking with that one. And you didn't even win it. You can relish in your... In your small victory that we're probably not going to win the cup. I'll relish the fact that we defied all logic and made it to the Stanley Cup finals. And this experience will be beneficial to our young talent down the road. I'm proud of my team for what they accomplished when everyone doubted them. Accept it and move on already. Welcome to a new episode of New Era Leafs podcast. And I saw that about an hour before recording. I just figured I got to open up the show just reading that. Yeah, I mean, it, I'll be honest. It kind of reads like, uh, like you know, when that kid, like, like, like when he's kind of getting picked on in school or whatever, and like he actually, like, I, I don't know, like they could just kind of try and fight it in a way, like, like, but like really lame. Like you'll be like, yeah. oh wow, your shoes actually really suck. They're like, you know what? My mom can't afford any better shoes. These are actually like the best we can do. They're really good. I really like them. And it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like it just seems so fucking lame. I don't know. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> yeah, <It's>... I. <sighs> I don't know. I, I mean, it is luck. Like, the, I mean, it is for everyone. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, if she wants to sit here and every night, you know, tell herself that the, the Habs just willed themselves to the Stanley Cup finals and then got absolutely demolished, I mean, that's fine. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just find it hilarious that, like, you're in the Stanley Cup finals and you're just concerned with a team that's, like, you eliminated in the first round. That's, like, that just screams loser energy to me. Yeah. Well, yeah, right? Like, I mean, they went on to sweep the Jets. They went on to, like, take on probably one of the top four, top five best teams in the league and beat them even in the Vegas Gold Knights. And, I mean... And you're still, like... About yeah. the Leafs. I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's a joke to be made there that's been made so many times. I'm not even going to bother making it. Anybody can fill in the lines on that one. Yeah. And it's just kind of funny, too, that like, like, like she's mad that like we're, you know, still talking about that series. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's it's really lame. I personally haven't talked about it ever. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I, well, I mean, other thing. than the show and like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've not paid I've paid attention to hockey, but I haven't watched hockey. Like, mm-hmm. we haven't talked about this since we last recorded. Sorry, I missed last week's episode because Gordon got his second vaccine. Yeah. So, congratulations on that. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, I like, I, I put this out on Twitter and I was like, 
is it just me or have like the NHL playoffs become like almost unwatchable? And the main reason why, probably like one of the only reasons why is because like the officiating is just like so atrociously bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a gong show. I don't know if you want to talk about it at all, but like I've tried to like watch some games here and there and I just like can't even last like 10 minutes because it's just like, it's, it's not even hockey at that point. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it's like slowly just kind of been falling off a cliff the last couple of years, especially mm-hmm. um, like it feels like ever since probably about 2017, 2018, somewhere in around there. Like it's just kind of since then, it's just slowly just fallen off a cliff. Like, you know, like I mean, I, I know it's a few years ago now, but like you look at some of those Boston series, right. With like Jake DeBrusque. Like, mm-hmm. how the fuck was he getting away with half the shit he was getting away with? Um, I, I mean, you know, obviously Kadri shouldn't have retaliated against him um, in the way that he did. But I, I, I mean, I mean, you, I think the refs definitely before. played a part. Yeah. Part yeah. Of like, the officiating. Yeah. If DeBrus got, you know, got a penalty here or there or whatever, you know, maybe chilled out a little bit. Like, like they could have definitely. Um, I guess kind of, uh, you know, lessen the likelihood of Nazem Kadri, you know, blowing up like he did. Like, cause that was mm-hmm. one of the big frustrating parts was that this guy was just going around, you know, headhunting knee on knee directly, like knee on knee on Kadri and other guys, um, yeah. completely unpeded. No one was throwing him in the box. He wasn't getting anything. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, well, like, I that's a, that, uh, like, who was it? Like, it was Kucherov who got injured and, uh, in a, a by, by a stupid cross check that like there's literally no need for it at all that went uncalled and it's like yeah. what are you gaining from not calling that it has nothing to do with the play that, that's literally just a play to injure somebody mm-hmm. and it's just like like absolutely nothing to do with the play i don't understand like what kind of like what they want to be running here and like and like who was espn and tnt who just signed those big contracts in the u.s to uh, mm-hmm. what are they like a combined like nine billion dollars they paid yeah Something like something absurd like that, and it's like yeah, it's, I don't know if they're gonna let that fly, because I, I don't know if you know about this, but the there was a lot of issues with the NBA officials a few years mm-hmm. ago, and then the the, the networks kind of stepped in and said, "Y'all got to fix this," and they fixed it. <laughs> so sure. hopefully that happens with the NHL because what I've been seeing is ridiculous even in the regular season like i've been saying for yeah. a while now that this was like probably the worst officiating i have ever seen watching hockey and then like going into the yeah. into the playoffs it's just gotten even worse like i yeah. even noticed it in the leafs and hab series too but like leafs are my favorite team so i'm obviously going to watch every single game but it's just like it's like now that like my favorite team mm-hmm. isn't there i don't have that emotional interest i'm still like a hockey fan so like i'd still want to watch but i can't it's terrible <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's really rough. And like, I don't know, like, it's just, it always, it's, it's, it's weird because I don't know, like, I I mean, you just, you have some games, right. Where it looks like they're calling stuff. And like, I felt like there was a couple games um, earlier on, I forget who it was. Cause like the Leafs had about that week between when the playoffs started and when the Leafs series started. And I remember watching like, uh, like pretty much a game every night or two or a game or two every night. From the other, uh, the other, yeah, um, conferences, and I mean, oh my god, like it was. 
like like there was somewhere there'd be like like the refs would be calling everything and anything and then there was somewhere like the refs were calling literally nothing they were just letting these guys get away with fucking murder out there now as the and playoffs like, go on and on they could get away with yeah. like with more and more yeah it's yeah, like, exactly. And you, it's just so inconsistent. You need to call the game how the game should be called, not, oh, it's the playoffs, so we're going to let things slide. Like, no, that just be, because then that opens the thing up. Like, it, it becomes a different sport. Yeah. It's not, it's not hockey anymore. Like, it, whenever you don't, whenever it's all put the whistles away for both teams, like, no, it's not how it works. It's obviously going to benefit the less skilled team. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I don't know. It's, it's just, like, I, I don't like, a lot of people too, just like blaming like individual like officials for it, mm-hmm. because like as much as they're the ones on the ice, I don't think they're the ones responsible for it because they're just calling based on the mandate given out by, um, what's it by Colin Campbell? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean that's the thing. Like, it's oh god, yeah, it's just so trash. It's it's so terrible. Like, I I don't even know. And it and then you got Gary Batman and it. And I know he's not going to say anything like controversial, but it's like, yeah, he literally said they had the best in the league or best in the world or whatever. Like, it's insane. Mm -hmm. Absolutely terrible. It's just like, yeah, obviously he's not going to come out and be like, our officials, our officials suck this year. But like, Mm -hmm. like read the room. Yeah. I just I don't know I get I can't I hope I hope something changes soon I hope TNT and ESPN step in and yeah, a so. lot of the sports betting companies uh, step in given now that in a lot of the U.S. states that that's becoming legal. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I hope like there's just some big changes soon. There has to be like you can't like how do you expect the game to grow and like you attract more fans when you can't even like attract your existing fans to watch the games in the most important time of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it's just, I don't know. Plus like, I also just don't want to watch Montreal play in the finals. So boring. <laughs> yeah. Oh Lord. It, I mean, I mean that, and then just, the, I don't know the, the emotional trauma of it all. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so let's get into it. We didn't mean to start off with a rant on the officials, but we did. So, yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, so the Leafs signed, uh, Wayne Simmons. Um, what was it again? 900K a year for two years? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, why don't you give us your thoughts on that, Gordon? Um, so, I mean, I probably wouldn't do it. Like, like I probably... And I didn't really want them to. I, I think earlier on, like a few weeks ago, I think we talked about, you know, who I'd sign and who I wouldn't or who mm-hmm. I'd re-sign and who I wouldn't. And Wayne Simmons, I think, was one of the guys that said I wouldn't re-sign. But, I mean, it's a little bit more than league minimum, literally $150,000 more than league minimum. So, I don't know. I, I just don't think you can really complain too, too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? Um. I'm happy that they didn't pay him that much money, but mm-hmm. I don't know how effective of a player Wayne Simmons still is. Yeah. Like, I don't know. He was one of the players that I said you should just move on from and just focus on mm-hmm. getting as skilled and as fast and as, like, and fill up that lineup with as much goal scoring as you possibly can, right? Yeah. 
And yeah. like he was off to a good start this season, but then he got injured. And like <laughs> at his age, with like all the miles that he's put on his body and stuff, it's just like just say like, I don't know what you're going to get out of him. I don't think you're going to get that start out of him again. I don't think you're going to like. I mean, hopefully, he proves us wrong. But I'm I don't know. I just I just really wanted to see like like something else because I don't think that. I think we've talked about this before, but like mm-hmm. the whole term of like grit and all that is like so overrated in today's game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just, I, yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't think he provides much. Um, I think he'd be a fine like 13th forward, but I'm kind of skeptical on how Keith would play him. Like, I don't know if he's going to play him in a fourth line, you know, 12th, 13th forward sort of role. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I just I think we got better players. Like, like the only good thing I've seen that's come out of this signing is uh, the fact that it allows the Leafs to um, to protect uh, Alex Kerfoot in the expansion draft. Yeah, I mean that too. But like, I guess I I don't know. I I did see that and I did think of that. But mm-hmm. is it is like. Obviously, you don't want to lose Kerfoot for free. I think he's has definitely is a valuable asset to have. Like you don't, if you're gonna, if he's not gonna be on your team next year, you got to get assets back for him. Yeah. So I guess by that it makes sense. Maybe the extra year makes it a little more attractive for Seattle. But based on what I know about Seattle and how they're building their front office, I do not see them getting Wayne Simmons at all. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean. I think it could just be like the protection aspect though of it. Like, like they could take, you know, maybe someone like Pierre Engvall or Justin Hall or whatever, but I, I think that, Justin you know, Hall. yeah, I hope so too. But I think he just, uh, you know, I, I think there is something valuable in just having that extra protection slot, but I do agree. Seattle probably won't fucking take him. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. Like you said, it's, I, I, I mean, they seem to be going pretty analytics heavy. Like they've just with some of the people that they've, um, Resigned, like it sounds like they're going to kind of try and become like a Vegas. And I don't think that Vegas would have taken, you know, a 32, 33 year old, uh, fourth line grinder kind of player like yeah. in the expansion draft. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just got, I just got mixed feelings out of it. Like, I used to love Wayne Simmons. Like, he was legitimately probably like one of my favorite players to watch in the entire league, like five, six years ago. But it's he's just he's just one of those players that's over the hill and i think that you could find more value out of that roster spot somewhere else yeah i think so yeah especially if you can get you know i don't know like maybe you know like bring up nick robertson or i don't know like 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 one thing that was evident Mm -hmm. once john tavares went down in that montreal canadian series is that this team is not as deep as we thought it was yeah and it was like they they don't have like as many goal scorers as you thought they did. Like you have Matthews who can score at will, and you have Nylander, and you have Tavares, and Marner will pot a few. But then after that, and then oh, and he also had Jason Spezza. But after that, it's bleak. Yeah, yeah, like, right. And like, mm-hmm. and Jason Spezza is not a guy you want to rely on. No, he you don't want scoring. to rely on him for depth scoring at all. <laughs> And it's just like they have, they don't have that secondary scoring. So that's what I want to see them try to like do this off season was just like focus on getting those scoring threats and people who can put, put the puck in the net. And like, yeah, that's exactly what Wayne Simmons was in his heyday, but it's no longer his heyday. And I, yeah, 
you can easily find more value into in, into his roster spot. Yeah. yeah like exactly. even like in the playoffs too, like it was like, oh, he he'll he'll be that grit that we need. But like I don't know. I didn't see him throw like a big hit in the playoffs. I didn't see him like he didn't drop the gloves or anything. Not that I think that he had to, but like, mm-hmm. like he didn't like drop the gloves. Uh, what did he really do? Like he did play pretty well, but he didn't really like do, do what was expected of him. If that makes sense. Well, yeah. Right. I mean, in this opening media availability, he said he's going to punch guys heads off and stuff. So, I mean, like there is kind of that expectation that he's going to, you know, bring, up the physicality and he just really didn't that much. Like I didn't notice any real big difference and I didn't notice him really rubbing off on other guys. Like, I mean, Kyle Clifford, in my opinion, had a bigger fucking impact when it comes to like, you know, making the guys around him get more physical and into it and stuff than Mm -hmm. Wayne Simmons did. Like, like you look at Kasperi captain when he was playing with Clifford, like they were, he was crappy cappy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He was so good. I absolutely mm-hmm. loved that Kapanen, but mm-hmm. I mean, I that, don't know. that was the best Kapanen when Kapanen played with that edge on him. Mm-hmm. He was like that, 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 that was the Kapanen I would have wanted to keep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The Kapanen that can go and score, you know, 40 points in a year, 20 goals, 20 assists, you know, yeah. 40 points in and around there, but then can also, you know, get in your face and stuff. Just be push an you around after jerk. whistles. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would have been perfect, honestly, to have, mm-hmm. but... Um, I mean, Kerfoot's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, to an extent. I mean, yeah, for sure, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. he kind of is. I, I really like Kerfoot, honestly. I but, do, too. I think he's, like, a perfect, like, third-line center. Yeah. Yeah, me, too. I, I, I think he's a great guy in that role, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a really interesting offseason. <laughs> it is. Um yeah, we we'll talk about it closer to free agency, but yeah, like I remember earlier like a few episodes ago we were saying like names that we want to see the Leafs go after. I guess we'll touch on that a little a little a little later on in like uh, in the month just before yeah. free agency. Yeah, yeah, cuz free agency is a while. It's so weird like I don't even being know pushed back by like a month. I don't even remember what day is what anymore. Like for like like for like free agency and like the draft like when they are. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think everything kind of starts around the 20th and then like for the next 10 to 14 days, it's just mayhem. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the expansion draft. Well, the, the Stanley Cup will be awarded, then the expansion draft. I think the last date for the Stanley Cup, I, think, I want to say it's the 15th. And then not long after that is the expansion draft. And then not long after that is the entry draft and then free agency and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's going to be really fun. Yeah. It'll be fun. Um, anyways, speaking of the Seattle Kraken and the expansion draft, they hired uh, Dave Haxtell, the Leafs assistant to be their head coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll, I'll let you start off. Gord, what, what are your thoughts? So at first I was like, Oh, you know, this is like, like, who cares about this really? Like it's, you know, I, I mean, I remember when he came in, I was kind of like really skeptical of bringing him in. I was like, he played like, or he, you know, didn't play. He uh, coached like crap in 
Philadelphia and stuff like that. But I listened to the the, the Staff and Graph podcast um, with Rachel Dory, and she talked about um, Dave Axtell really changing his approach over the last few years. And like, yeah, I mean, we saw what his approach, you know, what changing his approach meant to the Leafs. Um, like this past year, their PK was one of the better ones in the league. Their defense defensively, they were really good. Um, it's kind of hard to say how much of that was personnel, you know, another year under this one coach rather than him coming in at, you know, halfway through and things like that. But um, I don't know. I, I mean, the defense took a very noticeable step forward. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it, it kind of sucks to see him go, but, you know, I'm kind of excited for who can come in and kind of how everything is going to be structured heading into next year. Yeah, I have a feeling that, like, I don't know, like, I think we talked about this last week, but I have a feeling Manny Malhotra will be back for next year. I feel like if they were going to make a change on that, that would have been something that was announced already. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, uh, like I, I basically have the same thoughts of you, but like, if you want to talk about it a bit in Seattle's uh, perspective, I think it is—it's not a bad hire. Like, yeah, I, I also listen to the Staff and Graphs podcast, and and like, apparently, like he's known as someone who's like willing to like adapt and make changes and mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah. he probably interviewed super well. He's probably yeah, super. He probably interviewed super well for the job, and probably stressed that enough. And like, I do feel like he's someone who will be able to like really grasp the identity that that the Kraken have, which is like they want to be like built on like analytics and stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I feel like it's a good hire, and like everything I've heard about him, like like from like players and like people around the league, is that he's like a really good guy too. So I mean, obviously, you always want that in a coach. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I mean, it kind of sucks for the Leafs, but like you said, yeah, I, I think it'd be a good hire for the Kraken. Definitely much better than someone like Rick Tockett. Um, yeah, I don't know since, why that was like penciled in for so many people. Like, I don't yeah. know what Rick Tockett has has like accomplished in his professional coaching career that people just automatically assume that he was going to get that job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know to be honest. Like. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't really get it. And I mean, I don't know. Like, like no one else was really on the board, to be honest. Like, no one no one big, no one that I was sitting here like, wow, yeah, you know, that'd be a great hire for Seattle. You know, like like Gerard Gallant would have been great, but I feel like they it came out that they kind of didn't want him, um, which was really weird. But Or maybe he didn't want to go to an expansion team. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. yeah, he already did that, right? <laughs> Yeah, that ended super well. <laughs> I still don't understand why how he got fired. Yeah, I don't get it either. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, weren't they in a playoff spot too? And it's not like, because I mean, Randy Carlisle was in a playoff spot when he was fired by the Leafs, but obviously completely different circumstances. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, like It doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't get it. What do you think of Bruce Boudreau maybe getting the uh, uh, possibly being the Leafs assistant? Um, I think it'd be really good. Like, like I think it'd be really good, but I don't know. Like, I, I do kind of wonder if there'd be maybe like a weird dynamic there. Um, 
considering like he's just been such a long time head coach. Yeah, he's coached, I like, would. Good teams. I would hate to see that like the media like especially like TSN and sports at the second he gets hired and it's all those narratives of if this is this Keith's last straw. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, Oh, the Leafs could just bring in Boudreaux and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. Like them bringing up every five minutes. Like the Leafs are just going to like Kyle Dubas is going to fire his guy. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. Like I'm going through right now on a, um, Boudreaux's elite prospects page. And it's like, he's been a head coach in the NHL since like 2007, 2008, like every year, pretty much. And he's had like a lot of success. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. The caps. I mean, he was with them until 2012 and then he was with the ducks and went on a few deep runs with them. And mm-hmm. yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, like I do kind of wonder if he did some good like, with the wild too. No. Um, I think so. I'm not too too sure to be honest. It doesn't show me his stats on my phone. Oh, okay. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, I'll try and look it up. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know. I feel like if he wanted to be an assistant, it probably would have already happened. Yeah, I feel like he probably is looking for that head coaching job still. If he still wants to coach. Yeah, and like, yeah, I mean that. That's really fair. And I feel like there was a report. Like, like I never really know what to say um, exactly just because, like, I don't know if it is true or not. But, like, wasn't there the report that came out um, that said that, like, he basically, like, said that he would only coach the Leafs if, um, like, if he was kind of given, like, an out clause in a way. Like, like if he was able to leave midseason to go and coach uh, for an NHL, like, head coach. Yeah. And, and like, like, I don't think you want that if you're the least. Like, you don't want, like, want, like someone from your coaching staff leaving, like, midseason. Like, that just throw that throws such a wrench into everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah, no, it'd be so, like... Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, yeah, that'd be disastrous, pretty much. Like, you know, if... In, in, who knows if it's like a rival, right? Like, like who knows if, you know, the Habs don't decide to fire this guy again midway through next year when they're like, ah, it was the, the deep cup run was pure luck. And, you know, our team actually fucking sucks and decided <laughs> to fire him and hire Bruce Boudreaux. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, my God. You bring up such a good point there about <laughs> the Habs. Like... <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. No, it's... Uh, Masking so many issues, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I There was a uh, Habs fan I'm friends with on Twitter who, who I brought up. I was like, hey, yeah. Um, you know, I don't really care that you guys are making that far in the playoffs. I'm like, if anything, it just means fucking... Um, what's his name? Uh, Ducharme and um, Bergevin are going to be... You know, they're going to have their jobs for the next 10 years. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, I don't care if you guys are having success this one year and getting swept in the Stanley Cup finals. Like, mm-hmm. you know, go into next year thinking you're great. I don't care. Do it. Fuck your team up. <laughs> oh, Habs fans will absolutely lose it when, like, they're, like, second last in the division in the regular season next season. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, no. And, like, and, like Josh Anderson, like, doesn't have – that you know i because didn't he have a regular it, or relatively he hasn't even been stretch? he hasn't even been that good in the playoffs from what i understand yeah, yeah i know I in the leaf so. series he scored like the first goal of the series but then it was like pretty invisible 
Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't really look all that dangerous. I'm telling you, I like Josh Anderson has one move, skates down the (laughs) wing with speed and takes a shot from 35 feet out. Yeah. That's all yeah, he does. Much. That's his, <laughs> the that, Ilya Mikheyev special. That's the extent of his offensive abilities. <laughs> oh my god, I'm looking it up right now, and he's like, for for a guy who sort of has the uh, the the reputation he does, like you'd think like playoff performer would be up there, but no. In 41 games played, he has 12 points in the playoffs. 41 uh. playoff games, 12 points. What was his regular season stats? This year is 24 in 52. 24 points in 52 games. That's not someone you signed for five years. That's five years at how much? Five Five and a half million. Five and a half million. Yeah. Like he was basically given like the David Clarkson contract. Oh, yeah. That that worked out super well. Or did he get seven years? Oh, no. I feel like he did. I feel like. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got seven, seven years. years. Seven years at uh, yeah, five and a half. No, oh, yeah, that is the David. Christ. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, and he and he's like had like injury trouble too. Yeah. So, oh, oh my man. gosh, you're better off with. I think Domi like would have done better. Yeah, I think so. Oh yeah, man, because I, I at least like. I haven't watched Domi too, too much in the last year or two. You know, it feels like it's been forever since I've seen a game of Max Domi. But I remember like, I like, because I was thinking, you don't, uh, you don't watch the fan. Columbus Blue Jackets all the time. Yes. Uh, I mean, I mean, I try, I try, but <laughs> you know, it's so mm-hmm. easy to get games here in Edmonton, Alberta for oh, Columbus, yeah. Ohio. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, I, I mean, I watched him when he was a London Knight and I, I mean, he was just, really you know really skilled and just really gritty so i feel like he brought exactly what the fucking habs needed in someone like josh anderson <laughs> like the only mm-hmm. thing domi didn't bring was size really yeah he was a little he was a little guy like his dad yeah yeah i mean i, I mean it really harmed uh ty domi right from being a yeah. tough guy like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah oh man how many more years of bergervan into charm Probably ten. Ten more years. I of, think so. Ten more years of those contracts, please. <laughs> I hope so. Oh man, I'm uh. And oh, they're going to think up- Carey Price is the best goalie in the league again, which rightfully so. He has been playing like really well, but for whatever reason, regular Carey Price is like as pedestrian as it gets. But the second his team makes the playoffs, based on the technicality, oh my god, what the hell happens? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like that's crazy. I mean. It- like, like in one of our group chats, we've had this debate like 50 times, but like in the play or in the regular season, he's absolute dog shit. Like he's below league average yeah. overall in the last like three years. And then he makes the playoffs. And he's like a 920, 930 goalie. And it's like, what the fuck? Makes the playoffs based, makes the playoffs based on a, what do you call it? Uh, based on a technicality because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, literally last year they made it, uh, you know, because the league expanded them to 24 teams. And then this year they made it because four teams from arbitrarily, you know, divvied up divisions <laughs> made it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they, they had more fucking losses than they did wins, I think, this year. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's insane to me. The fucking abs suck. 
didn't the Calgary Flames who didn't even make the playoffs had more have more wins than the Habs did in the regular season? Yeah, I think that's true. That that might have been what I was thinking of. Maybe not more wins yeah. than losses. But. No, because like that's like. But again, this goes back to like so many issues I have with the NHL. Why are you rewarding mediocrity? Get rid of this yeah. stupid loser point. Yeah, yeah. Habs had four more points than the uh, the Calgary Flames, but law but won two less games. <laughs> It just makes sense. 24, 21, and 11, and the Flames were 26, 27, and 3. And then this is what happens. You get bad teams making the Stanley Cup Finals. Shouldn't have even made the playoffs in the first place. Yeah. Whatever, good for them. They fight the odds, and they're doing it. Like, congratulations. But, oh, my God. Like, why are you doing this? Like, get rid of this stupid loser point. It makes no sense. Stop rewarding mediocrity. That's The NHL loves rewarding mediocrity. Yeah. Like, you don't see, like... The, you don't see like eight and eight teams. Okay, no, never mind. The NFL, based on their playoffs, does a, award some very average teams into the playoffs. But still, like, <laughs> look at baseball. In baseball, very good teams still miss the playoffs because of because, just because that's how they want their playoffs to be. They want their playoffs to be like super, super competitive. And then you like you just like have these teams like trickling into the playoffs who shouldn't even be there in the NHL. It makes absolutely no sense. Oh, and I, I bet in baseball too they uh, they uh, they they make the uh, the batter's box a little bit smaller, right? So that like you know pitches and strikes are uh, are easier to, or, or no, no, sorry, balls and strikes or balls are easier to come. Noted by. baseball fan Gordon. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I was just thinking, like you know the uh, the rate. I was just trying to make a comment about um, the refs sucking yeah. ass. <laughs> Oh man! Don't get me wrong. Like MLB umpires absolutely suck, but like for mm-hmm. the most part, their review system is pretty good and keeps the keeps them in check. Except balls and strikes are a big issue in baseball, but like whatever. Like it's not nearly to like the NHL's issues. Like the sport doesn't become unwatchable and like look completely different because of what the umpires do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And. I mean, I don't know. To be fair, like that show would be really hard to differentiate me. Maybe it's because I'm literally not a baseball fan, but every time I've watched baseball, I've been like, how the hell do they see that? Like, how the hell do they know? You know, as someone who was who was an umpire in baseball and stuff like you see that little like strike zone there that mm-hmm. like that they like, put on the screen Strikes but obviously them, yes. but but obviously like the umpire isn't going to see that it's not going to be exact but <laughs> yeah. when i was an umpire and like how i was trained and stuff the only thing that matters is consistency so if you're calling a ball a, like a like let's say you're calling a pitch a strike that's like two inches off the plate but you're constantly calling that same pitch a strike you no one's going to have any issues with you because you're being consistent on that but if you're inconsistent mm-hmm. on that call you call a strike sometimes and a ball other times that's when people start to get upset i don't know yeah. if that makes sense to you yeah yeah no it does mm-hmm. so yeah uh, so like you might have like a larger or yeah you might have like a larger strike zone but like you know, that like as long as you're consistent with it, you know, as, if you have like a larger strike zone than like what other yeah. umps might have, as long as you're consistent mm-hmm. with it, then like no one's it, really going to complain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, that's where I messed up, I think. Well, no, not that's not the only place I messed up, but the fact that I called the batter's box and not the strike zone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> 
What is a batter's box, actually? A batter's box is that square that the batter has to stand in while he's hitting. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, that's really lame. Okay. I, I mean, I guess it makes sense, actually. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, anyways. anyways, um, you wanted to touch on the what is it? Uh, the Greg Hardy signing that the or position that the Leafs Ryan have Hardy. filled. Ryan Hardy, yeah. sorry, that's the wrestler. Not Greg Hardy, my bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, for some reason, that sounds. Like, I, I don't know. He kind of has like a NASCAR name to my to me. Yeah, it's a very Hardy. American name. Yeah, which he is. I think it's from Illinois or something. Well, um, first I want to ask you because I know you know more about him than I do, so I'll let you mm-hmm. take the reins here. But first, I want to ask you: Is the Chicago Steel the new Sue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, an old Leaf scout, uh, not an old Leaf scout, like this, like happened within the last year. Uh, Noelle Needham uh, left the Leafs organization. She was a scout for I think two or three years, and she went and joined the uh, the Chicago Steel as their assistant GM. I think she'll probably she might have been named or will be named their GM, but I know at at least to my knowledge, just an assistant GM right now um, of the mm-hmm. Steel. <laughs> That's cool. And then that's where Greg Moore came from too, right? The Marley's coach? Yeah. Yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah basically, if you want to work with the Toronto Maple Leafs one day, what you need to do right now is find a job with either the Chicago Steel or the, or, or Sue in the OHL. <laughs> and then yeah, you'll literally. get a job with the Leafs eventually. I mean, and honestly, this kind of, this kind of works with my own uh, – I don't – Theory, not theory, um, but like, I don't even know how, how exactly you describe it. But like, one of the things is like, because I've heard a lot of people bring up, oh, Dubas, you know, he has a lot of um, bias towards certain players, right? Either players he's acquired before, worked with before, you know, had a had in the Sioux, whatever, right? But like a lot of times, like he only really has that bias for like good players, right? Like he doesn't bring in, you know, shitty third, fourth line, you know, grinder types who just are barely NHL Mm -hmm. skill level, right? And he doesn't like, you know, love them and like keep them around, right? Like... Mm-hmm. Like, so I don't know. So, so, I mean, it's a little different, but, but, but like Dubis like has a bias towards, you know, good players. It's a, I guess sort of what I say a lot. As he should. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, mm-hmm. so I don't know. So, so, you know, you might sit here and say, Oh, like, look at, you know, he always is drafted guys from the Sioux and acquiring former Sioux Greyhounds and stuff. And like, it's kind of a meme at this point, but like, you know, like like they've it's worked out so far. Rasmus Sandin is one of the Leafs' best prospects, and I mean, you know, a lot of people gave him shit for that for him going after the Sioux guy. Um, Matt Hollowell seems to be pretty highly regarded. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, Jake Muzzin has been really good. Jack Campbell, like I don't know. So, Joel Thornton to... was a Sioux. Uh, yeah, Simmons was a Sioux. Was um, Simmons? Yeah, for, for briefly. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> wasn't um I know Muzzin was, right? Mm-hmm. Muzzin was um I'm trying to think who else was. Um there's someone else. Was was Brody? Maybe. Well, I I know he was a Leaf fan growing up or something. Yeah, hold on. I think Brody was. Yeah. I know he worked with um 
one of the big connections with Kyle Clifford was that he worked with him like when he was a scout for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dubis was an agent at some one point too, right? Yeah. Or yeah, he was an agent. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I was thinking. Is that what it was? Scout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He worked with Kyle Clifford. Um, like he was his first client or something. Oh, never mind. TJ Brody played with Sagan on Barry. So I was wrong on that. Uh, that's a sad. <laughs> I'm not, not going to rip on Sagan on Barry. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, anyways, um, Mr. Hardy. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. I really like it. I I, I think it'll be really good. I mean, he's the Marley's GM. Um, and he's going to be. I think it's the director of minor league development. Um, which is a very. I think you were saying was a very baseball name. Yeah, that's or a ba- baseball, baseball position, title. because in baseball, I don't know if you're aware of this, but they have like. Mm-hmm they have like five or six like different like affiliate yeah. affiliate teams yeah that, like, like you got like triple a well they got a ball and then they got they got like three or two or three different a ball teams and then they go double a triple a and then the and the uh, sorry they have rookie ball eight hmm. and then probably two different a ball teams oh and then they got Double A, triple A. I'm trying to figure oh. this out in my head right now. Hold on. So the Blue Jays have. Oh. <laughs> this is a sidetrack that is not needed right now, but I got to do it for my own sanity. The Blue Jays have the Dunedin Blue Jays. They have the Bluefield, Whoa. the Bluefield Blue Jays, and they have the Lansing Lugnuts, and they have yes, I know some of these mine. If you're ever bored, go Google, um, go and Google. Minor league baseball team names. They have the most ridiculous names. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> oh, um, I, I do want to throw one because I think I know it. Is it the Buffalo Bisons? Is that their AAA team? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Buffalo good. Bisons are the AAA team. And in Double A, they have. In Double A, they have uh, oh, what is something. it called? They have New Hampshire, and then they have mm. the rookie ball team in Vancouver. So that's six affiliation teams that the Blue Jays have. Jesus, and they're one of like so, the smaller. Franchises, um, aren't there? No, the Blue Jays are pretty pretty big. Oh. Um. Anyway, so each team has like five or six affiliation teams, and and yeah, so that's like a very baseball role. What we have Hardy mm-hmm. for, just because um, yeah, because like when you have like that many teams, you're gonna need someone there as like the head to like kind of like organize what's going on with every team and all that to like report back. So I feel like that's what his role will be between the Marlies and the growlers. Yeah. It'll probably work similar in that way, but obviously to a much smaller scale because the Leafs don't have like six, they don't have six affiliation teams. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the thing is, um, so he's actually, he'll, he'll be the GM of the growlers and the Marlies as well. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, he's just like, he's literally, um, because, because I, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and I mean, I know uh, Dubas has brought up that he does want to kind of emulate the uh, the baseball model, um, you know, and use their the growlers and things like that as like, you know, the double a, or the double A or whatever. As like actual like development, not just like. Yeah, a purgatory. Yeah, not just like, okay, here, yeah, you're an extra player. Just go to Newfoundland. Like, I'm curious to see what he does with that because I wonder if like – you have like young players in Europe and stuff. If you bring them over to the growlers first to kind of like get used to the North American style a little bit 
and then you bring them up to the Marlies for a bit, see how they fare, and then and that they they make those two stops before coming to the NHL. That'll be mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Yeah, and, and I mean they've talked about that, right? Like about and then it's kind of happened. Like, um, I know Mac Hollowell has been one of those players, right? Yeah, yeah, he Mac played, Hollowell. He's played on the Growlers and the Marlies, right? Yeah, yeah, he has. I I, th- I think he's definitely played on the Growlers. Um, it's kind of hard. The last couple of years has really thrown a wrench in everything. <laughs> yeah. Just mm-hmm. like I don't know, but 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 I know. I think SDA played a couple games with the Growlers as well. Um, not this past year, but the year before. Um, like at the end of the season, I know he played mm-hmm. a couple games there. I want to say a couple other guys have. And yeah, uh, Matt Hollowell did play with the Growlers. Um. I'm trying to think. I don't know. There, but there is some, and I'm sure we're going to be doing more of it, especially. Um, I mean, this past year just really screwed everything. But um, I think over, you know, say a five-year sample size, I think we'll have quite a few players that have worked their way up from the ECHL to the AHL and NHL. Um, because we do know, too, that they bring in guys like Justin Brazo, Noel Hoff, and Meyer, and guys like that to, you know, to kind of give them a good chance in the ECHL and, work their mm-hmm. way up yeah. um, and they and they only sign these guys to like minor league contracts for that reason so they can give them you know uh, you know at least that they can have more players in their organization um than the 50 contract limit so yeah i don't know i i find it really cool that like dubas is looking at like other sports and seeing what what they do to kind of like mm-hmm. like mimic yeah to kind of like mimic what's going on yeah, yeah, exactly. And Ryan Hardy for everything, because I did do a little bit of research on him. And um, I mean, you talked about, you know, sort of having this very, very player based development where like, you know, he worked a lot on, you know, them as people and stuff and just trying to like foster really good, healthy work environments for all these guys and really sort of care about them and really just you know, kind of take the time to, you know, really like understand and care for these guys and, you know, work with them. And I, I mean, I don't know, like, like he just had a really, really, really good environment. And I mean, it's worked out great. He's won GM of the year in the UC, USHL, I think twice. He won the championship this year, possibly could have won it last year. Um, but I mean, it was obviously shut down due to COVID. Like they're like a powerhouse team. Um, you know, and a lot of that is just due to a lot of the ways that uh, Hardy operated. Yeah. Um, like I said, you know more about this topic than I do. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I know you've been following Hardy's um, a lot more, but uh, but yeah, like, I don't know. I think it's a really smart move. I feel like I feel like it's something that more teams will try to like copy, if that makes sense. Like yeah. to have someone in this position to kind of like like direct like what's going on in like the minor league teams on both the AHL and um East Coast Hockey League level. I don't know. I'm curious to see how how well they use the development. But uh yeah, that's about all I have to say about this topic. Um, did you want to talk about other stuff going on around the league? Yeah. Well, I am. Well, did we want to talk about, uh, Freddie Anderson? Oh yes. Um, yeah. Who was it that reported that? I don't remember. Was it Friedman or was it like David Pagnotta or something? If it was David Pagnotta, 
I'm sorry, but you can just like write that off probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's really spotty. Like, I don't know, but mm. um, for that, uh, I mean, I'm just trying to kind of look it up right now. Um, but, it, but regardless, like it was, you know, it was, uh, it was kind of reported that the Leafs were interested in Freddie Anderson coming back again, signing an extension. Um I mean, I don't know. How do you think about it? Like, what do you think about it? I don't want. I don't want him back. Even at like a good cap hit. No, I think you got to move on. Yeah. Even at a good cap hit, you could find other goalies who had a good cap hit in the in the off season who would probably do a better job. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. But a part of me does. I, I do kind of see the logic in it. Um, just cause like, I don't know, like, like it's kind of hard, right? Like, like you don't want to be, you don't, you don't want to get to free agency and just kind of, you know, be stuck holding bag in a way. Like you don't want to mm-hmm. kind of be stuck, you know, Oh shit. You know, we could have re-signed Freddie Anderson at a good cap it, you know, and now all we got is table scraps basically to re-sign, you know, like, like signed a Michael Hutchinson tier goalie. <laughs> and like, that's mm-hmm. what we're going to have to roll with now because no one wants to trade, you know, their good young goalie to but us. What and if, no one... But on the counter mm-hmm. to play devil's advocate, um, <laughs> what if, um, you sign Anderson, but then you realize you could have gotten, um, like, uh, hold on, let me pull up the free agent goalies quickly. Uh, very prepared for this show, by the way. Um, <laughs> I know a couple in on mine, um, NHL free agent goalies. Um, the only one I could think of right now, it's like Grubauer for whatever reason. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's probably just going to be really expensive, though. Yeah. Because um, wasn't he so like, like a let's say, uh, Yeah, he was. Um, let's say you sign Anderson, but then you realize, you realize, oh, shit. We easily could have signed Antiranta to a cheaper cap hit. Or yeah. we could have signed Peter Mrazek to a cheaper cap hit. Or we... Um, or we could have signed Linus Allmark to a cheaper cap hit, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends, I guess, on what the cap it is for me. Like, like, because if Freddie's willing to take two, two and a half million dollars or something, I'd, I'd really consider it. Because I don't but know if you're gonna is, get a better like, goalie. But the thing is, for... too, like, you also have to look at like his on ice performance, and it's just like how many games did he yeah. cost us this year, and like. And like, is he someone that you trust to put into a playoff game if it comes to that? And like, if the answer is no, I don't think there's any cap hit that would that that I can justify. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I can like, I, I the, the Leafs would know and Freddie would know better than I do. But like, I I'd, I'd like to believe that you know Freddie isn't like completely washed. I'd hope at least. I don't know. I don't know. He looked. He looked it. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like, he did just come, like, just fresh off injury. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's fair. No, after thinking about it a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I wouldn't really like it. Um, it just kind of, it'd have to be really cheap for me. Like, two, two and a half million dollars, somewhere in that range. It's sort of the only, like, I don't even really want to defend it. Because I think, like, I, I think it could really blow up in your face. I think, Especially I think if it's, that's like, a, three and a half million or something. That's something that I would expect to blow up in the face. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, because my whole issue is like, 
I feel like Peter Mrazek's going to be more expensive. I feel like Grubauer is going to be more expensive. But you're also like paying. Ranta you're also paying well though, for the quality, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'd rather pay an extra million, two million dollars for like a Linus Allmark or uh or or an Anti Ranta or a Peter Mrazek, knowing that you're going to get like good goaltending, especially in in a tandem role with with yeah. with Jack Campbell. Yeah, that's fair. And I mean, it's kind of hard to say with how COVID, you know, is going to screw with everything. But I, I feel like if you can get, like, again, if you can get Freddie for two, two and a half million dollars, like, I feel like you're, you know, Allmark is going to cost, you know, four million roughly. And I think same with like Mrazek and guys like that, four million or more. Yeah, I don't know. I'm willing to pay like four million for a quality goalie. Yeah. Like, depending on the term. But yeah, I, I well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like I'd kind of want, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, with Freddie, I just want the one year, just and then just kind of, I don't know. Yeah, but then you run the risk of <laughs> rolling into the twenty twenty one off season with Campbell and Freddie without a contract and no real goalie of the future. Don't you don't you know, want that in the wings? Yeah. So I don't know. <sighs> it's tough. I mean, I. T- I, yeah, I kind of go either way. Like, I guess if I had to make a decision, though, I'd say like I I wouldn't really want it. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, unless it's a really good bargain, mm-hmm. then maybe I'd be okay with it. But I don't mm-hmm. know. I'd rather look elsewhere because because I would rather take Allmark and stuff like that at like three, three and a half, four million, whatever, how much it is. I don't care. But yeah. Hmm. Um. Did you wanna? talk quickly about other stuff around the league we were already at almost an hour but we can talk quickly about some of it uh yeah for sure i'm down all right so i heard a report today that both the new jersey devils and the montreal Canadiens are interested in bringing in tony d'angelo um if he once the rangers complete his buyout um i'm really excited to hear what your thoughts about this are because mine have already um, been made public on Twitter, which I will talk about. Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising given Montreal's history. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, it was kind of reported that Montreal was hoping to re-sign him earlier or sign him earlier this year, that like he would terminate his deal with the Rangers and sign it. And, you know, they, they in the history, they've, you know, they like the hire Sean Burke and they've... Uh, they've and now the history of Bergevin, with, which yeah. just came out. Yeah, and, and I mean, even the history, too, somewhat in the last few years with, like, them possibly being interested in signing Slava Voinov. Um, yeah. And just, I don't know. Yeah, there's just a lot of stuff where it's like, yeah, they don't seem to really care about problematic locker room guys mm-hmm. coming in. The thing that, that pisses me off the most about this is, like, I've seen it on, I've seen it on, like, Twitter. Or I, I've said it on Twitter and stuff. And it's just, like, the blatant, like, like, is it really race? Yeah, the, the blatant racism that, like, is in hockey culture. Yeah. Like, when's Josh Hosang hasn't even gotten his chance yet because he got labeled as someone with, like, character issues in his draft year and because mm-hmm. he wanted to wear number 66. 
and he got labeled as character issues for that. Then you have Tony D'Angelo, who's been suspended by his own team multiple times, suspended for racial abuse, suspended for abuse of an official, suspended for causing fights in the locker room. And like, and like, just like the list goes on and on and on with this kid and like all the shit that he's caused. And like, he's getting what? It was his fifth chance now, his sixth chance in the NHL. Yeah. What about these players like Josh Hosang didn't even get their chance yet because of what? Because of their supposed character issues, or like Akima Lu who didn't even get his chance, his proper chance because of because he stood up for himself and came in bullying. But you know he's a person of color, so he just automatically got labeled with the, with the um, with the character issues tag. And it's just like, yeah. it's just it's just like at least try to hide it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. It Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's insane. Like there's how many players just haven't gotten that chance. Um and Tony Tony D'Angelo's gotten, you know, 10, 20 chances. Mm-hmm. Um even with, you know, like and, and I mean this guy, you know, it, it was even reported too in his draft year, you know, there's oh, there's a ton of character issues, you know. Yeah, this guy uh, you know, we fell in the draft for it. And then mm-hmm. he just immediately was traded from multiple organizations, uh, presumably because of it. And then, you know, it, you it, know it, what happened, but they're the more Rangers. than willing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I mean, they're more than willing to, you know, do all this sort of stuff and just give them all these chances and bend over backwards to, you know, and it's not like a case of like some troubled kid who's like still finding his way and stuff. Like he's gotten so many chances and it's just like, you haven't seen like any ounce of like improvement or like empathy or like, or, or anything from him that will show you that like, he's going to change. Like, like, like I think like rehabilitation in a person is very much possible, but you have to show signs of doing that. And like Tony D'Angelo hasn't shown any of that. Yeah especially like just like being a dick on Twitter and like spreading like COVID conspiracy theories and threatening to fight a fan. Yeah. Threatening to fight a fan. It's just like, and like, and like you see these other players of like, especially like the players of color and stuff. And it's just like, they don't even do anything like remotely in the area of him, but like they celebrate a goal a little bit and then they get labeled with, with like as a prima donna and have like character issues. Like, it's just like, it's just so upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It's it's just it's so annoying to to deal with, right? And then I mean, I mean, Tony D'Angelo, right? He had that one good year, and he got you know a, a f- almost five million dollar a year deal uh, for two years by the Rangers, and then six games into it, they had to pretty much kick him off the team after multiple, you know after I think multiple times of him being scratched and just things like that. And like just issues this year. And then, then they ended up frigging basically sending him home. Like, yeah, they're like, I mean, that's so insane. Like, mm-hmm. like, I don't understand it. And like, I don't know. Like, have you heard that interview clip of him with his dad, like saying, mm-hmm. like talking about like after he got like suspended for, for like, it was racial abuse of a player. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, teammate. I think. Yeah, have a teammate, and then his dad was just like, "Oh, that's just how we grew up in uh, in South Philly. Like, oh, it's not a big deal." I said that every day, or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like okay, so yeah, I could see why he is the way that he is, and it's like, is he, yeah. if, if he's not being held accountable for it at home, like, of course, no one's gonna like. Of course, he's not gonna change. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, of course, no one's you know. 
and, 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 and like and like we've pointed out right like he's gotten 10 20 different chances you know in the nhl by professional teams so you know he has no incentive to change i mean shit he got a five million dollar a year contract mm-hmm. for not changing so. yeah i mean like apparently in it was Tampa Bay that drafted him, and it was Eiserman who drafted mm-hmm. him. Um, I think I heard this on the Steve Dangle podcast when Eiserman like pulled him aside after he got drafted, knowing his history, and said like, yeah. "Listen, you're a good player. You have a lot of skill, but if you screw up once, you got a really short leash. Then you're gone." And then he mm-hmm. screwed up that one time and was gone. And then like. Yeah. Still didn't learn from it because he just got traded to another NHL team that was paying him. Then he's what he physically abused an official. And then the Coyotes were like, Yep, we're done with you too. And then he went to the Rangers, actually found some success, found like a following with like was a fan favorite in some areas of the New York Rangers fan base for whatever reason. And so of course he was gonna relish that role and stuff. And people loved yeah. his Twitter presence for whatever reason. Not sure why. So, like, he has absolutely no incentive to change. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nothing. There was nothing there. And, yeah, it's just – it's so insane. And, I mean, hockey culture seems to kind of just prop up some of the worst people, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, while also kicking down, you know, some of the better ones, I guess. You know, And, and, I mean, like, it's not a race issue necessarily, but – xenophobic right in the same way like with someone like william nylander Mm -hmm. i think you saw a lot of people you know kind of label him as oh you know oh his dad getting into the negotiations oh you know blah 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 blah, nail yakupov when he was yeah when he scored that goal and everything and was really excited yeah 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 exactly And, and and i mean that's the thing right like like I was kind of getting out with the Leafs there, um, like with Nylander, like, like you saw a lot of, he got a lot of negative press um, from, you know, the media around it. Right. Because he got this label as, you know, this problem guy, but then you got someone like Mitch Marner who was, you know, having uh, friggin' the biggest insiders in the sport, Darren Dreger and guys like that saying, Oh, the Leafs better send, you know, better give him $11 million that better give him, you know, the Matthews contract or else Mitch Marner's going to go sign an offer sheet. And they were just like, carrying water for this guy who by all accounts, you know, seemed to be the one, you know, with the problem during the negotiation, whereas someone like William Nylander, you know, was just cast in this negative light the whole time. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Like even though Nylander had to hold out Mm -hmm. the Mitch Marner negotiations were so much more exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And a lot of that was because the media was on Mm -hmm. his side seemingly, but then they were very much like, Almost against uh, Willie. Yeah, Drager was such a shill for on that. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's not the same. I mean, obviously, it's xenophobia, so it's kind of in the same vein. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it, it's crazy. And then, it's not surprising to find out that uh, Mark Bergevin had a role in Chicago in the story that's that's going around now with the I, I want to be careful with what I say here because it's still a, a legal issue, but with mm-hmm. the sexual um with the sexual assault accusations. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, wasn't he like mm-hmm. the director of player development or or uh director of player personnel or something like that at the time? Yeah. In Chicago? Mm-hmm. He was, I'm pretty sure. He had a role like that or similar to that, something in the front office. And yeah. The story was it was an open secret that this video coach was like that 
right? And he actually mm-hmm. um, allegedly um, physically or sexually assaulted. Um, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. He allegedly sexually assaulted these uh, two players on the team, and they brought it to a coach, or was it an assistant coach, to bring up to hmm. the general manager who was Stan Bowman. And apparently they did bring it up to him, but Stan Bowman just kind of brushed it aside, and so did everyone else in the front office. Is that how the yeah. story went? Go, story goes? Yeah, kind of. Like, basically around that vein, yeah, that like, oh, it kept kind of getting kicked upstairs, you know, and people were bringing it to their guys, and then it just kind of never took off. Mm-hmm. And I love how conveniently all of a sudden Duncan Keith is uh is for sale. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, it's just like look over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of the thing too. Um I won't say exactly who, but I had a friend, you know, kind of reach out in DMs and they were kind of like talk like they they were kind of sharing their theory um behind everything, right? Because you saw a lot of uh, after this happened, right? You had the uh, the NHL just kind of releasing a bunch of really positive things. Um, yeah. You know, like, like and you had stuff like um, Jonathan Taves come out, you know, and, and talk about his issue, his injury that was keeping him out all year. Um, you had him come out and talk about that literally like days after this, like kind of started to pick up steam. Yeah. Um, you know, when you had a, a lot of the, the, um, a lot of the rights holders just kind of not say a word about any of this. And like, you just had all these sort of weird things kind of happening around that. It's like, uh, like it, it just kind of seemed like almost like a, not a cover up, but like the NHL was trying to be like, okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, here's this thing, you know, let's forget about that other thing that's going on. You know, let's completely just not talk about that. Let's talk mm-hmm. about, you know, Jonathan Taves, the captain of this very team. He's, you know, he's injured. Hey, you know, don't talk about the Chicago Blackhawks in a negative light. Mm-hmm. They're, they're captain here, you know, was going yeah. through some, some big issues. One thing I do want to say is if you are a person who covers the sport for a living, mm-hmm. And you are in hockey circles and all that. And you are purpose purposefully, which at this point it is because it's such a big story. If you're purposefully not talking about it or shedding light on it, you are not doing your job as as a journalist or as an insider or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And you should, you should completely just find another, another profession because you are not doing your job correctly. It's an embarrassment to the journalism title. If you refuse to talk about this story. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's like, I mean, there's kind of like that onus, right? Like when you become a journalist to, you know, to talk about these really tough subjects and, you know, hold people's mm-hmm. feet to the fire and stuff like that, right? Like, Yeah, exactly. And if you're not comfortable with that, then you shouldn't have went to journalism school or took taken the job. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like... I, I mean, I, it's not the same level, of course, but like, you know, you look at what happened with someone like uh, with Trump, right, for so many years, um, mm-hmm. people just like, you know, they weren't really doing, they, they were just kind of giving them publicity. They weren't really, you know, coming like, back. Oh, yeah, look at this guy. He thinks he's going to run for president. It's like, oh, shit. He's running for pre- yeah. Oh, shit, he won. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. And, and I mean, I mean, he had so many different gaffes like that, mm-hmm. making fun of that disabled reporter, you know, saying, you know, the Mexicans comments and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I mean, he just kept getting airtime. He just kept getting airtime, you know, nonstop and no 
no one really pushed back too hardcore on him, you know, like, so it just, you know, we, we saw on a really grand scale, you know, what not pushing back on these sorts of things can do. Yeah. And how dangerous it can be. You know, it's, it's really important, you know, mm-hmm. for even in these smaller areas like hockey, because, you know, it is pretty yeah. trivial at the end of the day, you know, to be able, you but know, still, to talk something about this really serious. When subject. a story like this, yeah, comes out, you got to mm-hmm. hold people accountable. And like, yeah, with the NHL and the Chicago Blackhawks too, like really, really, really want to happen is they just want mm-hmm. this to get swept under the rug. They want it to pass over and get swept under the rug. But I think like a lot of the journalists in the sport have a duty and like a responsibility yeah. to not allow that to happen. And like the fans, the fans too. And, mm-hmm. but more so on the journalists, cause that's literally what they're paid to do. That's literally like what they signed up to do when they took, take, took, ugh, when they took this job and, if they can't do that, then they shouldn't be in this field. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, as long as these guys, you know, are, are uh, I don't know the exact, maybe you'd have a better idea since you like went to school for it and stuff. But like, I, I mean, it's not like these guys aren't getting paid, you know, really well to do this sort of stuff. Right. So it's not like, you know, it's a my oh, first, it's b- above my pay grade type thing. My first day of journalism school is one of my first classes. Mm-hmm. One of the first things the teacher said was if you want to become a journalist thinking and make a lot of money, mm-hmm. you are in the wrong classroom right now. Yeah. Because journalists like, yeah, you can definitely make a good living. You can definitely like get by. Yeah. You can definitely like make a living and stuff, but like you're not buying a Ferrari. You're not, unless you're like, a really like really 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 big like name in the in the industry chances yeah, are you're, you're not going to be buying a mansion you're not going to have you're not going to be driving that ferrari you're not going to be driving that lamborghini <laughs> and like all that like it's not this like lavish lifestyle yeah but someone like Kristen stewart or Kristen stewart oh my god oh no <laughs> the <laughs> twilight like- actress i think she does pretty well for herself i don't know <laughs> No, but someone like Kristen Shelton, right? Like, I mean, she probably makes like good money. I, I, I doubt she's struggling, you know? No, you're, you're not going to struggle, but you're also not going to be living this la- yeah. lavish lifestyle. Yeah. You'd be middle yeah, class. I mean, fair enough. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, someone like uh, they have now talked a little bit about it, but like Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman, right? Like they probably make, they're, they're probably one of the, you know, the, the top. Yeah. You know, well, guys, in the sport, right, but they're like, the but I think they've earned it. They're like, Oh yeah, they're they're two of the most respected people in the industry. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, it took them what a week, ten days, somewhere in around there oh. to really come out like mm-hmm. and say anything about it. It's like, yeah, why, like, like I mean, I, I get that you're obviously making your money with the NHL and stuff, but it's like, how the fuck is this guy not? You know, how is the biggest figure in the sport basically like in terms of media on the media side like how the fuck is this guy not saying anything about this like how is like probably one of the i I don't know the numbers but i mean i assume the 31 thoughts podcast gets a lot of traction um you know and then they dedicated like five minutes to the opening from it uh like like a week ago it's like how is that not you know the first thing they're talking about constantly dropping updates and stuff like that like Mm -hmm. i will say at least there's some of the people who are talking about it. Cause there are a lot of people yeah. who still have remained silent on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the only mm-hmm. person that I really can't blame for is someone like Bob McKenzie, who's like retired basically. And is like, he's like, I don't got to deal with this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, 
you know, like, like, like so him, I like, like, I don't really need him to say anything. Right. And I mean, Rick Westhead has obviously been a friggin' champion mm-hmm. um, with all this, but it's like, you know, why isn't Darren Dreger, you know, dropping a lot on this? Why isn't Frank Saravalli? Why isn't, you know, I, I mean, think Saravalli did. Oh, he might have stuff actually. on the, on his podcast that he has with, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Gregor, Jason Gregor. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you listen to it at all? Or? I don't. I just know that they okay. have a podcast together. But I did hear. I think it was on Staff and Graphs where they said that they did talk about it on that on that show. Oh, they might have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you know what? I'm just throwing shade, but <laughs> for no reason. But mm-hmm. no, you know, I, I honestly like. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we do need those like bigger media voices to be constantly talking about this stuff though. I think exactly. it's really important. Yeah. You can't let this get swept under the rug. Like what yeah. the NHL wants. Yeah, exactly. All right. So I think that's all we got for today. Yeah, uh, we actually had quite about. a bit to talk about, which was surprising for me. Uh, <laughs> I did not expect a, an episode to be this detailed, but uh yeah, so if you don't already follow me on Twitter at Joey Kanji98, follow Gordon at Ride the Pine89. You can follow at New Era Leafs on Twitter to get any Leafs related content and see the when the podcasts drop. And would you like uh, oh follow New Era Leafs on Instagram as well? Almost forgot about mm-hmm. that. And uh any final thoughts, Gordon? Um no, I'm all good. All right. That means you had a good episode then. All right. Yeah. All right. We will see you next time. Yeah.